guys, I appreciate it. Sorry we pushed back practice a little bit. We had some important matters to talk about as a team. We weren't going to cut those short, so we wanted to make sure we took the time to uh, you know approach we had to. And then we picked up with football this afternoon after lunch. That carried over into a situational walkthrough for us. This is really leading into our you know inner squad game this Friday. But we wanted to take the time today to really let the guys get their legs back under them, kind of have a good flow to our weeks right now for as far as how we're training their bodies. And uh, we kept on a normal pattern today as a Wednesday being a little bit of a down day for the team, which means we keep the same mental energy and focus, you know, within the situations. So at this time, I'll open up any questions you guys have. Lombardo. Hey, Joe. Hey, man. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, the two key injuries, but the conversations that were that you had before, before practice with the team, Leonard Williams just talked about kind of the activism that some of the guys are taking part in away from the field. Um, were those some of the conversations that you guys have had and just your reaction to maybe what some other teams around the league have done, like the Lions canceling practice the other day? You know, I can't speak for any other team, Matt. I'm very proud of our team and how they've interacted. Uh, we talked a lot back in the spring. Uh, we're not revealing everything we're doing internally as a team. I would say that our guys have been very active in the community, very active as far as getting out there and making a difference. You know, obviously we talked about a lot of the issues around the country on a lot of different levels. And one thing we decided as a team is, you know, we're not really a bunch of talkers. It's not really our personality. And there's a lot of people making statements out there and you know, putting blank things out there. We've talked early in a process that, you know, it's okay to say something, but you got to back it up. So before we start going out there and make a bunch of blanket statements, we want to be in a position that we're making a difference and we're helping people in their everyday lives. We allowed the players to, you know, really pinpoint some issues and some organizations that they wanted to work with. We have nine different teams. We call the Team of Teams Project. We have nine different teams within our team. They are split up and they work in different areas of the uh, New York City, North Jersey, you know, and they work with different organizations. We allowed them to pick the initiative they wanted to work with. They've gone full speed ahead. We dedicate time on Mondays and Wednesdays of these initiatives with being in touch with these organizations. It gives our players time to make sure we're organized. Our community resource farm does a tremendous job of really setting the table for our guys during training camp that they can go ahead and stay active and stay moving. These are things that we're gonna continue throughout the season as well as seasons to come. This is not a short-term project for us. It's not something we want to do to check a box and say, okay, we were involved in that. Remember how neat that was. We want to actually do something involved in this community. And uh, you know, from the time I took this job, it was very important for me to express to the Marantish families and to the team that it's our responsibility to be connected to this community and the people who show us support, we have to get out there and give them actual support. So we plan on building a top level football team with the right culture. We plan on being pillars in this community for a long time to come. And if I could just follow up real quick, especially losing somebody like Xavier this early in camp, you don't have preseason games to scout guys from other teams. Um, if you were to look outside the building, how much does everything going on this summer with the, the COVID protocols and everything, how much more difficult does that make the scouting process? Well, it's our job to know the league. So whether it's a young guy who's got college tape, we have to have grades on him from the front end. If it's a guy who's got that experience in the NFL, we should know who the players in the league are. Uh, it's, it's just a natural part of the National Football League. It's a small league. You've got to know who the people are. It's really a people league, and that's what it's about. You know, but we're really focused on developing guys on our roster right now. We've got guys working hard, guys making progress. And, you know, our intention is to give them every swing of the bat and keep improving every day and give them an opportunity to compete for a job in this roster.
Paul Schwartz. Hey, Joe, can you hear me? Hey, hey Paul, got you. Yep. Good. Um, um, you know, uh, some of these things like the social justice things are not things you can look up in a coaching manual, but unfortunately injuries are, you know, you've seen it for years. Um, did you, um, you know, how did the news of, of, of um, Xavier hit you? Um, this is your first time around doing this, not your first time around with injuries, but as a head coach, what it means to the team. And, you know, do you, you know, do you address that to the team, things like that? Well, we keep our players up to date on everything going on on the roster. You know, any kind of roster moves we make, we, we make sure we keep them up to date through squad meetings. As far as every injury on a roster, we don't always specifically let everyone know what's going on with everything, but the players understand that when a player's out, they're hurt. Um, everyone's individual health, you know, we kind of let them, we respect that. But I'd say overall, I mean, listen, you don't want to see any player get hurt. It's, it's a part of the game. Injuries do happen. You know, these guys play, you know, a collision sport. There's a lot of wear and tear in our bodies. Um, you know, Xavier's a guy for us who's making a tremendous amount of improvement. Um, look, we're still looking forward to getting him back out there on the field. I'm not a doctor. I don't have that timetable. I'm going to let those guys handle that. Uh, my only concern at this point is that he just continues to work as hard as he can to get back on the field. And that we continue to develop him as a coaching staff mentally, that he makes progress within the situational awareness and overall understanding of our schemes and the league tendencies in his time off the field. Does this have to be a hit to the defense, Joe? Any injury to our roster is a hit to us because we care about every player on our roster. But it's our responsibility to have everyone developed and make sure the next man's ready to go. Thank you. Zach? Hey, Joe. Hey, Zach. So I know yesterday you were asked about the idea of uh, maybe getting uh, the quarterbacks and Daniel like hit around a little bit or take off the red jersey, however it was phrased. I was just wondering if you could maybe elaborate on like what exactly that entails, like what, what you're envisioning when you say, you know, we want to get him some contact so he can be ready for the season or whatever that is. Yeah, I got the strength staff downstairs when I'm putting bars of soap and socks and we're just going to take them out back and just wail them for a while. <laughs> no, uh, you know, look, it's, it's our responsibility to get every player, you know, ready to play. And, you know, with a quarterback, you've got to be smart about the contact. You know, we're putting them in a live tackling drill. No. Is it something you're going to bang around a little bit with a pad and calculate the time and pads and make sure his body at least feels some pressure on it? Yes. Is there a time you're going to kind of bear hug him a little bit, let him feel the grass? Yeah, these are things you naturally have to do to get a player's body ready. Remember this, it, it's not just the physical conditioning. It's as important for the players to be contacted and be tackled to prepare for the game. You can't get yourself ready mentally to be hit full speed. Your body has to learn how to absorb that hit, has to learn how to adjust accordingly. You've got to learn the feeling, again, of going to the ground. That's just something natural. Now, we're not going to be foolish about what we do with any of our quarterbacks. We're not going to make them live in practice, but we may set up a drill here or there to let them feel a little bit of the stress they're going to feel within the pocket, all right, but making sure that we do it at the right tempo that they're not going to be at risk of injury. Thanks. No problem. All right. Hey, Joe. Um, being in the stadium, we obviously noticed you guys all had the headsets and some guys up in the booth. Just curious how you thought it went. Uh, you know, what were you trying to get out of it? Obviously, I know Friday night is coming, but what were the what was the thinking today? Well, you know, this isn't just the players' first time going out there together. It's, it's us, the coaching staff as well. So, you know, we're building in opportunities to talk to each other on the headsets to start creating the communication we're going to have in a game situation. It's important for me to be able to talk to the offense and the defense at different times and echoing what I'm looking for in a certain drive or a certain situation. Obviously, we had a lot of two-minute drives. Say we had a four-minute drive simulated. You know, at that point, you know, we're talking to each other. All right, how much time do we have left? How many timeouts? I'm looking to call a timeout here. 
Ontario line, whatever the call may be, we're communicating the entire time. So the exercise today was to really build the communication from the booth down to the field, from me to the coordinators and the position coaches, to make sure we just get a feel for talking with each other. That's something we can't take for granted. If we had done this on a game day for the first day, we'd find out the hard way that there's certain levels of communication that we have to really practice as a coaching staff. Thanks. I just wanted to just clarify one thing. When you had said because the reason for practice being delayed, you had some things to discuss. Uh, um, is it correct that you were discussing the social injustice and things that were going on, or were there other things that you were also discussing? No, that was correct, Art. That's correct. We, okay. We, social justice. We wanted to give our players time. Um, you know, this wasn't a distraction by any means, but this is a conversation we wanted to make sure we had as a team. And, you know, there's some things that are very important within the locker room, the culture, making sure the players understand that, you know, look, we're concerned about them. You know, they're concerned about us as coaches as well. We want to make sure that we're all on the same wavelength and that we want to make sure they know that we support them. And that's important for us. So, you know, our guys made the decision. We talked about it. They didn't want to go ahead and miss any work. They want to keep practicing. That's, look, it's a short preseason. We all have to go out there and work. Um, our guys have been very intent about going out there every day and working hard, making improvement. Um, but as coaches, we can be smart about how we structure meetings and determine what's absolutely necessary right now and what maybe we can build and install later on. You know, it just so happened today was a situational walkthrough day. It's a little bit of a lighter day for us. Take a lot of time within certain meetings to watch game tape and talk through, you know, league situations, rules, things that come up throughout the games that maybe you don't have through just a base installation meeting. Uh, so I'm able as a head coach to kind of push some of those things around a little bit, massage them and move them off to make sure we have time for whatever comes up for players. Gotcha. Thanks, Joe. We have time for three more. Jordan, Danny, Rock. Jordan. Hey, Joe. I know we're jumping around a little bit because of the, the Zoom here, but first, can I ask you about the, the – you said the guys wanted to keep practicing. How did, how did you come to that conclusion? Is it something that they come to you and tell you? Do you have a leadership group that you talk about with that first, or is it just a general sense of, uh, of the room? Yeah, you know what, real simple, Jordan, I talked to the leadership group, which we have been working really kind of through, you know, beginning of training camp together with a lot of the older guys on the team. I spoke to them, and uh, we just kind of talked about some of the situations. You know, sometimes as coaches, if it's not on the practice tape, I'm not aware it's happening, all right? I had to have someone remind me that they had to call my mom on her birthday because I didn't realize the date. So sometimes you need to have you know, someone draw awareness to what's going on in the outside world, and when that happens, you grab that group of guys and just touch base because I know they're more connected with what's going on right now in the rest of the world than we are as coaches, you know, and sometimes we got to be the groundhog and come up from the den and kind of see, you know, what's going on outside. So, you know, for us, it's, we had a conversation, you know, I kind of put a bunch of different things on the table for them to think about in terms of where they're at. They voiced, you know, pretty clearly right away that it was important to go out and practice, um, that we we're going to make an impact through, you know, what we did as a team and uh, we would make sure we had conversations, which we followed with today. And with Xavier, how did he hurt the? How did he hurt the foot? And like, how optimistic are you guys that you are? I mean, I know you, you said you can't have a timetable, but how optimistic are you that he'll be back at some point? You know, Jordan. To be completely honest with you, I've got to wait and see what the surgeons all say when they go ahead and work on it. Um, but you know, from what I understand, it's kind of you know two different options. What it could be, I'm holding out hope that you know we get all of our players back from injury as fast as possible. So we'll see where that goes, and I'm sure we'll have a timetable sooner than later for you guys. I would just say with all the timetables, it's important to be nimble, you know, that every injury is different, every person's different, and the recovery time, you know, can't be one size fit all. So we'll have to see where he's going with this right here. I know he's going to work hard to rehab and get his body ready. we got to keep his mind sharp and moving and keep him engaged with the team. He missed the scrimmage, though, I believe, and then 
practice a little bit yesterday. Did he try and play through it? I mean, how did that sort of work out? They're not all connected, Jordan. There's a lot of guys. Look, we've got to monitor everyone's workload as a whole. So everything's not connected to the one injury. Um, I'm not going to go into every kind of stretch out detail on it, but we wouldn't put any player on the field without believing it's 100% safe and that he was that he was prepared for the game or practice in that situation. Yogi. Hey, Joe. Uh, I got to think of my feet because Jordan asked my questions there. Um, with David Mayo, um, what's, the, what's the story with him? And do you have any idea on the timeline with him? You know, again, very much like Zay, it's uh, we got to wait and see what the doctors say after they go in. Um, you know, I was told today by Ronnie, you know, he'd been looking at his knee. There wasn't really anything that, you know, we thought was an issue. And I guess I flared up on him a little bit yesterday. Ronnie came into my office this morning, kind of let me know where he's at. So they're taking a look at him. They should have more news for me tomorrow. We'll see where that's at. But uh, look, again, he's a guy that, you know, we respect a lot and we're counting on for a lot of production this year. So, you know, get him healthy, get him back out there as soon as possible. And just to be clear with the IR rules, you'd have to carry these guys on the original 53 if you were going to put them on and bring them back, right? Yeah, there's, there's several ways of doing it, but that's correct in how you're saying it, yes. All right, thanks, Joe. Last one here, Tom Rock. Joe, what struck you about working in the stadium today? It was an empty stadium, and uh, normally that would be something that you wouldn't have to face during the regular season, but this season it's, that's exactly what you're going to have to face. Is that a relative just having an empty stadium around us? Yeah. We've been doing that on a nightly basis, really, with our walkthroughs anyway. So this hasn't been the first time for us to be in the stadium just moving around. But to be honest with you, I love having fans in a stadium. I know the players do, too. It brings a lot of juice to the environment, a lot of energy. But really, the more heated a game gets, the less you notice the noise around you. So whether it's completely quiet or there's, you know, amplified artificial noise where you have fans in there, you're so zeroed in on the field, a lot of times you don't notice them. Um, that's not to say we don't want fans of the game. We absolutely do. It's such a key part of the game, the energy, the environment. But we just preach to our players right now, Tom, that, hey, listen, hopefully they're full by the end of the year. Right now it sounds like we're going to start out with the fans, you know, not in the stadium. we got to play through whatever the situation is and play through the environment. Do you find that in, in an empty stadium like that, um, you, you have to adjust the, the volume of your voices because it could tip off plays and things like that? Uh you know, to a degree, there's different ways of um, camouflaging what you're doing. Having multiple words that mean one thing, everyone being on the same page with that vocabulary, being smart about when you, you know, raise your voice and scream across the field, using silent counts, using signals. There's different ways you can go ahead and account for that. You know, look, we'll get our first taste of what the game situation is going to really feel like on Friday when we have that artificial noise. And that'll really be our first sample as coaches and players of exactly how loud that's going to be. So, the NFL operations will be over here. We had a meeting on that this morning in terms of how we're going to set it up. We're going to simulate everything for the game as it'll be on September 14th, all right, with a few exceptions, obviously. Um, but it's going to be as close to a game situation as possible. After that, I'll have a lot more answers in terms of what that noise in the stadium actually is like.